This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk. I'm your host, Jim Cromer, and I want to remind everybody that Youth Baseball Talk is brought to you by the Rope Trainer. And as John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Make sure you check it out. Don't forget theropetrainer.com. It's such a phenomenal phenomenal device that, uh, sorry, I got a little something in the throat here. Just a phenomenal training aid that allows people to uh, warm up the right way, save some of those bullets. It's going to change the way we look at things when it comes to, to, to getting the arm ready, to, to loosening up, to doing everything that we need. So uh, I appreciate those guys over there. I love what they're doing. And at the end of the day, uh, if John Smoltz wants to talk about it, I'm going to listen, as should you. Uh, been doing the three-part series here. I, I, I mentioned well, I, I took something and ran with it and turned it into a three-part series. I'm not going to take credit for doing it from the beginning but the reality of it is um it's been very interesting and i use that word interesting typically when i talk about something and it gets a lot of uh of of communication going people have really enjoyed these last two shows and i do appreciate it and thank you very much for the the comments even to some of the people that have disagreed with a few of the things i've said uh, and that's okay uh, again we cannot get anywhere we want to go without having conversations to try to make things better, to try to fix things. So uh, that being said, I encourage you, as always, to keep the comments coming, even if you disagree with anything I say or have a different view. I, I use the word disagree very loosely. Most of the people have a little bit of a different view. And as you can probably imagine, the thing that people have disagreed with me the most on is the amount of politics, quote unquote politics, that are involved in school sports. Um, Again, I said it when I did it before that it's my opinion that it doesn't exist as much as people think it does. I did say that I do believe it involves at the very edge of the team. I don't believe it has any bearing whatsoever uh, in the majority of instances uh, in programs where, uh, especially programs where they have lots of kids, where they're trying to win, they're trying to do these things. I just don't see it. What I do see is a lot of daddy goggles, a lot of mommy goggles. I've had them at times on myself. Uh, I don't think anybody's immune to it, even though we try to say we are not. Um, and again, I have no issue with anybody uh, disagreeing with me on that because I've heard a lot of uh, quote unquote, and I use this term quote unquote, horror stories that would bl- lead to believe people uh, have had some issues. So again, I'm good with it. I love the conversation. Let's keep it going. Speaking of that conversation, Email me those types of things. Info at youthbaseballtalk.com is where you can find me. And, of course, as I always mention, you want to check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. That's our website that houses the podcast. It's where you can find out more information about great companies like The Rope Trainer, our good friend Justin Stone over at EliteBaseball.tv, Rick Strickland with the St. Louis Pirates, so on and so on. Uh, One of the best parts of our website is it, it doesn't just have the newest podcast. It has our podcast all the way back to the beginning of the show. Uh, I know you guys are interested in a lot of the content that we've had and some of the great people we've had on, everybody from Matt Lyle to Kevin Wilson to Bob Tewksbury to uh, Troy Silva. All these people that we've had on that have been uh, tops in their field all across the country of working with people, Mike Matheny, Yadier Molina, Benji Molina, 
all these people that have made a big difference in, in both kids' lives, adults' lives, and just love the game of baseball. Each week when we get our – I get numbers every week, right? And as the show has continued to grow, and that's purely you guys and, and your willingness to share it, I do love how we have downloads on every single episode we've ever done, which tells us that people are finding us, and then they go back and they kind of binge listen. Or I also am not stupid. I know people probably pick and choose based on the topic or who was on. Uh, but I love that part of this. It's not just the new show that gets all the downloads. So we do appreciate it greatly. And, again, that's at youthbaseballtalk.com. Lots of you guys are subscribing to the show. It's real easy for us to tell by how many downloads we get as soon as we release the show. That's the easiest way to stay in tune with what we're doing. Just go to youthbaseballtalk.com. If you're on your computer, you'll see it to the right. Subscribe to the podcast. If you're on your mobile device, you'll just scroll down one page. Boom, subscribe to the podcast. Easy to do. Great stuff is always there. Twitter has been great for us. At Podcast Baseball is where you'll find us. If you're a baseball person, we're going to follow you back. I'm, I'm not into the whole we only follow 100 people and we have 8,000 followers. We want to know what you're thinking and what's going on in your world when it comes to baseball. So if you're a baseball person, we're going to follow you back. Uh, Facebook's great as well. Just search Youth Baseball Talk. You'll find us there. And, of course, we could not do this without the help of our friends with lineupmedia.fm. If you love podcasting, if you love to listen to shows on your own time, go to lineupmedia.fm. New shows added each and every week. I'm sure you'll find something else that entertains you. Your time is valuable. Lineupmedia.fm does recognize that. We do thank them. On to the part of the three-part series that means a lot to me. And as you heard me mention at the beginning of the show, obviously you hear it from me all the time that I think the rope trainer is a fantastic device. Uh, I had the opportunity to interview this gentleman a little while back as he was getting on the rope trainer bandwagon. Uh, and I was just really impressed with how they were doing what they were doing. I'm also always impressed when somebody is doing it in what I would call interesting circumstances. And these interesting circumstances are, while I'm in the Midwest and I might complain that my winters are a little rough to try to help my kids train for baseball, this gentleman deals with it in a little bit tougher fashion as he is all the way from the great country of Canada, and that is my friend and yours from the Dirtbag Sports Nation, Kurt McNabb. Kirk, what's going on, buddy? Uh, just another great day, like we were talking about, uh, getting some sunshine, so we're all the way up to maybe a plus nine today, so that'd be about a, a high of 40, high of 50 in your world. So, Well, um, I got to tell you, before you go any further, what I love about you is your glass half full thing. When you were talking to me, I, here we are in St. Louis, here it is February, and I'm not kidding you, and I'm, you're, uh, and I'm not doing this on purpose. It is 78 degrees outside today, okay? I, I literally, on my way to the office, coming back from lunch, I drove by to see if my kid and all them were, and they were. There's a whole bunch of kids out at the high school field working out. They're, you know, just an impromptu, you know, mess around. There's kids everywhere outside today. So when you get on the air uh, beforehand, when people can't hear, when I'm like, hey, you there, we're getting ready, you were so excited because you were like, yeah, man, the sun's out and everything, and I'm thinking you're going to tell me it's like 40 degrees up there, 50. You're like, yeah, man, we're going to get all the way up to 9 today. So you are a true true pessimist no doubt or optimist i'm sorry you are a true optimist for sure well that's right thanks uh you, you get a bunch of those guys with your uh, st louis blues too uh <laughs> you know it's funny actually uh robbie fabry down there whatever he played actually in the hometown where we're from in guelph uh his junior hockey and uh cam jansen i think is doing a podcast down there yep. he was a former guelph storm guy as well wow. so they, they they know where I'm sitting. Actually, I'm going down to watch their former team tonight. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, it's all good. But, yep, and like you said, that's right. I mean, hey, uh, be optimistic for sure. Be optimistic. How can we 
complaint pitchers and catchers reported this week. Life is good. Life is good. <laughs> well, I thought to myself, uh, and again, I, I, I want to remind everybody, when we talked about the road trainer, you guys are in 100%. You're big believers in it. You've been, you have some people that have been using it that we're actually going to bring on uh, here, not this week. We wanted to get through this series, but in the near future, I want to get the words from the people that are using it and what it's done for them. So I'm looking forward to that as well. So that is coming up. But if for these purposes, and, and again, you're great to do this with because you're such an optimist. Um, one of the things we've been doing, and I know you've been following the show, is I kind of turned what I thought was an interesting topic, and that's tryouts. Uh, tryouts apply to every sport, but for our purposes, it's baseball, right? And I don't care if it's baseball or softball. We have a lot of softball people listening to the show, and I welcome them, each and every one. Uh, they always say there's no shows for us. Well, hey, jump on in here because – I don't care what anybody tells you. Baseball and girls softball are so similar, except for a, a few of the things they do within the game. Swinging the bat, having ability, athletic, you know, desire, all that stuff is, is all part of the game, right? And the life lessons are just the same. So jump on in. We'll take you. The reality of it is, though, that all these kids, and I mean there's middle school baseball, there's high school baseball, sometimes college, whatever. College is kind of up and going already, but the reality is, we know this time of year, especially here, to be tryout season. And I know it's a stressful thing. It's a hot topic among baseball parents. It's a hot topic even with kids as I think tryouts, quote-unquote tryouts, has some, is something that's just in their blood now because every sport starts tryouts at such a young age. So I know it's a stressful time. It seems like sometimes it can be that 30,000-pound pink elephant in the room. So I thought, you know what? We're just going to talk about it, and maybe, just maybe, it will spark some discussions that will make people feel better about the process. Uh, the first thing I did was just talk about tryouts in general, um, you know, tips, things like that. And then that sparked a lot of conversation that led me to part two, which was, hey, I get it. A lot of you, some, some people haven't tried out, or some people have went to a tryout that, and I don't mean this in a bad way, may not have been run very well. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to, you know, I like to believe that schools, you know, have invested a lot of time and energy into coaching and they're going to run what I would call a good tryout. So I thought it would be interesting to tell people what they could expect when they get to tryout. So um, did that. And then I got so much uh, feedback after the first one that I thought, OK, I'm going to make this a three part because the other thing people wanted to know is, OK, Jim, you had mentioned that you have evaluated at some tryouts while I'm not a high school coach. I have ran some tryouts, and I've been asked a lot to help people run, do tryouts and evaluate. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to get another coach and get his opinion as well because people are really asking, okay, well, what do you look for? Or what are the things that you as a coach or an evaluator are doing? So I thought nobody better to get on here to talk about this than you because I know you've been knee-deep in it just like I have and probably and hopefully maybe – can add things that maybe I haven't done. It's not healthy to everybody think the same. My hope is, is that you and I will be able to complement maybe some of the things that we think about so that we can help these good people. What do you think, Kirk? Yeah, I agree 100%, Jim. Uh, there's no question about it. You know, when I'm talking with coaches uh, about evaluating and, and doing the, basically the same situation as you and I are doing, and we're just sharing ideas and stuff, what, what stands out to me a lot of the times is, of course, leading back to the prior uh, part of your uh, conversation here, is the coaches in the world we live in now, unfortunately, they're under so much stress of 
making sure everything looks perfect for the parents. I go, wait a minute, the parents aren't trying out. Don't get consumed about that. And don't forget that you're stepping up and you're volunteering your time most times to do that. Your coaches are volunteering their time. And you guys have rights as well. And so don't get consumed or else everything's going to run amok on you. And that's what I find a lot of the times happens. So I bring that up because that's the first thing I go through is I, I, I evaluate as tryouts are coming up who I have on staff and what they bring to the table before I even worry about what the players are going to look like. And then finally the parents are the, are the closing part of it. But if I know what I have as a coaching staff with me, that, that makes the process so much easier. If I've got a solid catching coach and I don't do catching, wow, what a powerful object to have. Same thing, middle infield, et cetera, et cetera. And, and those are things that can calm the whole process to make it a simpler process. And then go ahead and sit there and say, hey, you know what? Now we have our coaches meeting prior to, which most people do, and, and crazy if you don't, obviously. But then we go through that. Guys, make sure we don't cross over on each other. At the end of the tryout, the end of each tryout, we'll sit down and have our coaches meeting and follow up, and we'll evaluate the players. And then we'll get to the stage based on the number of tryouts that we'll have, and then we'll go ahead and then we may cross over with our eyes for viewing. We may cross over with questions if we're uncertain about a certain player and things like that, little hidden questions. And then finally, you know, I go ahead and, and there's a set of questions I have for parents. And, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, you hate to say it, but you're setting them up because everybody at first during trials, of course, yeah, 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 you do whatever you need to. You're the coach, you're the coach, you're the coach until you get them. And then all of a sudden, hey, if things go the wrong way, you know where that situation's going to run. Yeah. So uh, the parent. Yep. Go ahead. No, well, I was going to say I wanted to remind everybody. It sounds to me like, and I just want to uh, confirm. I think you're talking about a youth situation right now, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, and you say youth, but uh, exactly right from from beginner ball right right through till uh, graduating high school, and and it shouldn't you shouldn't alter because then it's a, it becomes a routine for you and a regiment for you. And you become sure you tweak things along the way as you're doing it year after year, but you become very comfortable in it and stuff. And as you, as you lose coaches and obviously you're going to lose them over time, people, people, things pop up, whatever it is, but it's easy to fill in those coaches and fill in those holes. So you keep a very strong core, which validates it for the players validates it for the parents and then that community conversation like you said it hopefully becomes a little easier hey you know what we might not like everything kirk does but he's consistent he's true to his word his staff is very similar and so hey whether you like me or not at least the worst thing we're going to do is agree to disagree and that's a common influence there now you go into the players Obviously, I mean, if you're following their big sports nation, I have three pillars that I try to stand by, and that's conceive, believe, and achieve. And so when they get out of the gate with me, I'm looking at kids that go ahead, and, and they've shown some conception of what it is they're trying out for, what level of ball they're trying out for. Is it recreation, local league, high school, travel? What is it? And are they prepared to do that type of stuff? And, and you know pretty soon. And then all of a sudden, you know, they'll tell you whether they believe in it. 
because we'll go out there and show it. A big thing in today's age, I mean, we have this conversation all the time, Jim, is, is communication skills. And we, we joke around about it, but the seriousness of it is, is baseball's a great game, like you said, softball's a great game. And, and part of the excitement is, is going as a parent or going as a coach and seeing kids running around and yelling and screaming and, and hooting and hollering and cheering on their teammates and stuff like that and communicating what the next play is. But in this world right now, it seems like if you had to ask them, they couldn't verbally tell you an answer to a question, a baseball-related or a fastball-related uh, question that you may have. But if you ask them to text it down to you, <laughs> they could do it in a heartbeat. Right. Well, I'm, I'm old school, so I, I love hearing that noise. So that's a big thing. And, there, and it's not as simple as just hearing the noise either. The other part of that is, hey, when you're speaking, yes, you're putting yourself out there to validate whether you know what you're talking about or whether you don't. So I get that as a scary factor. But let's be honest, when you're that speaker and you're that player that goes out there and he talks the game or she talks the game, and they can validate it and prove it, hey, that's one step advantage over the next person trying out, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm with you on that. I, I like the way you approach it from the the backside coming the other way, from the coaching and how we're going to go about doing this. I, I always like to tell people when they ask for any advice when it comes to this, I tell them all the time, if you're going into this thinking you're going to be perfect, you're, you're setting yourself up for failure, you're going to make a lot of mistakes here. But the one thing you can control that will be hard at times from a coaching aspect when it comes to tryouts is I think you got to be honest. Uh, people may not like your honesty at the beginning, but the one thing they can never say is you are a liar. And that, to me, when you walk away from this thing, you don't have much except for great. Listen, I, when I say you don't have much, well, what you hope is you had some great memories, you impacted some lives, you've done some amazing things along the way. But the negative stuff that, let's face it, there's going to be some because that's the way the world is. right? You can't have great without having ungreat. Okay. The bottom line is, okay, you can walk away from this thing knowing you never misled anybody, you never deceived them, and you never lied to them. It's excellent. It's excellent that you bring that up because that's always part of my conversation with uh, parents when we get down to that kind of closer decision making. Um, and even even in the group setting, right from the first tryout, I'll always say to them, I'll say, you know what? I will sleep comfortably every night because of telling you the truth. We may not like one another. I've hell, I'll lose a ton of players. I lose a ton of players over the lifetime of my coaching career to other programs that, exactly like you said, uh, are just going to tell you what you want to hear instead of telling you the truth. Is it fun to tell you the truth? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't, just like you mentioned. But at least you're bang on, Jim. When you can do that, you're going to be all right, and you're going to be able to sleep at night and not be up there saying, geez, you know what, I just, I just lied. As simple as that, I lied to that family. And I don't know, I don't know, we're all human beings at the day, end of the day, and, and I don't know too many people that really, really could be comfortable with that. But me personally, I'm not. Because a part of baseball, like we talk about as well, is also building life skills. Honesty, integrity, commitment, teamwork, right back to honesty. And then, like I said, at the end of the day, I don't know where your player is going to end up playing. That's their decision. I, we can give you advice. We can give you every ounce of energy and knowledge that we have to get you as far as you can. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to them 
taking it, asking more questions, having a desire to get better, and move it. But if nothing else, if we're honest and we do the right little simple things day in, day out, this game has been great to you, your son now, me, my sons now, hopefully a million of my players, and let's pay it forward. Let's pay this game forward. You know, as we let, let's look now at the when the on the field coaching aspect of this. So, something that I get a lot from people is, okay, you know, as a coach, sometimes as a parent, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. So, let's talk a little bit about what we look at. I've, you know, my thing for me is um, the first and foremost that I think even at times I've been wrong about. Number one, um, I think you have to look at right off the bat, athleticism is key, and I think people have different opinions on what an athlete is or isn't, what they look like. But the reality of it is if you're knee-deep in this, you know the difference that an athlete has over a kid that's not as athletic if their skill sets are the same. The athlete, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at this, just has the ability to, to get better quicker. Because athleticism is key, especially it's key in almost every sport. It's really key in baseball. So athleticism is something that I look at right out of the game. I mean, you can say, like some guys can disagree with this. You can just watch a kid move five minutes into the tryout and know how athletic he is sometimes. 100%. 100%. And you hit the nail on the head. I mean, every sport is hand-eye. I get that. Footwork, um, it placed in with it. But, I mean, you're right. You have to be straight up honest and, and visual to it and realize that this game gets tougher the way, all the way up, like we all say. And it gets tougher because your hand-eye skill set, your athleticism, your motor skills in general, they, they have to be there. They just simply have to be there. And, and if they're not, we can, right back to what I had mentioned a few minutes ago, we can give you every ounce of us as a coach and – you know that you can. You just can't teach certain things. And great athletes are great athletes across the board. So exactly right. I mean, you have episodes of that, Jim, and it's awesome that you do multi-sport, do different things, because that's how you're going to increase your athleticism across the board and your aptitude for sports. Your aptitude for an individual sport, in this case baseball, softball, will become clearer and and more intense and and just overall better with the longer you play it and continue to play it but you're right if you don't have that skill set and that athleticism right out of the gate you know you just you can't teach that stuff and and you need it because then the other nuances of this game and the challenges of this game but the excitement on the coaching part of it being able to teach them and educate them becomes easier and doable if you've got athleticism. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's one that is not, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't know that it's uh, something you can put a number on. Like people, when you have tryouts, they love numbers, right? I mean, they love to sit there and go, okay, well, my son was a .1 second faster and his exit speed was one mile an hour faster and blah, blah, blah. So they like to be able to make uh, things out to be about who did what better. Athleticism, to me, is always subjective. 
Uh, it plays a role. You brought up a good point. I probably made mistakes the first time I ever went through this. I, I tell people all the time, the very first tryout I ever had when the kids were really young, what I did was I took the I, – I 100% took the best athletes, okay, when they were really young. And I told yep. people a few years later – I, I would never change what I got out of it because what I got out of it, number one, are kids that I hope that I know and, and stay in contact with till the day I die because I, I felt so blessed and fortunate. But what I got was a team that, and I enjoyed every minute of it, that we went and played, and we played AAA major, and we didn't win very many of these tournaments. In fact, I think we may have only won one or two tournaments when we went up to that level. I think we went up to that level when we were 10. Uh but the reality of it is what I got was a bunch of kids that played hard. They played great defense. They played fundamental baseball. They learned. They could do all this. But what I didn't have, because when they were young, there were some bigger kids out there that, you know, didn't really swing the bat well, and they threw it, but they didn't know where it was going, and they didn't move their feet well. I didn't take those kids, okay? I probably should have, and 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 maybe I, I would have had some of those bigger kids to play that level with. Well, I didn't do that. What I did was I at that time I took all the athletes and I built this team and we would go play in these tournaments and ultimately what would what would would bite us a little bit is we didn't have that big kid that threw a hundred miles an hour and we didn't have the big kids that hit the ball a mile and, and all that. What we had was a bunch of kids that I loved and played hard for me and, and, and knew how to play the game of baseball. So you, some people would say, well, you messed that up. I don't think I did because ultimately I got out of it exactly what I wanted, but when it does come to tryouts coaches and, and as we move into the high school portion of this conversation really is where I was going is that, you know, it, it is kind of like a, a a program. I mean, they're they're looking for things. They're looking for athletes. They're looking for talent. They're looking at the ability to see a kid and be able to project where you think he'll be in the next couple of years. Because a can he contribute? B does he look like he might contribute? Or let's go the other way. He is a contributor for sure. These are all things that coaches and those program like. You know, let's face it, school ball, I mean, these coaches, they, they hire coaches for a reason, right? That's what they have to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so so you go down your list, and that, uh, you know, I, <laughs> athleticism number one or baseball, softball, aptitude number one. <laughs> Fine line. Fine line. You know, uh, high school, certainly it's athleticism ahead of that aptitude. If you can, if you can have that player with athleticism and great aptitude, well, yeah, obviously he's a he's a ringer or she's a ringer. You're all over them, and let's build a team around them, and away we go. Um, but it is a fine line, and let's not kid ourselves either. What happens is we forget that this game, the development of sports, is a marathon, and we get caught into the rat race of win, 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 and everything has data analysis on it now. So exactly what you were mentioning before, everybody's got a stopwatch of whether they really understand what to do with it or not. Everybody's got, uh, it used to be the ZEP, uh, basically getting yeah. exit velocity off of the bats, uh, yep. you know, so on and so forth down the list. And, and so you're exactly right. We're losing, losing sight of... We're not losing sight. What it ends up coming down to on those final few uh, decisions that you end up making is exactly right. You get caught up in the numbers. 
Well, the numbers are what you saw over one, two, three, four, five tryouts. Man, I'm going and I'm sitting down with you and I'm talking baseball and I'm talking softball with you. I want to see what your aptitude is there. That's the tipping point for me. If I can get that player that has some aptitude and there, and now you mix in sheer determination and desire, hey, you're away to the races. But if you've got aptitude and desire and you're a tick behind athletically, or, or you might even be a few ticks behind athletically, I'm still taking you, just like you said. I'm still taking you because I know long-term projectability, like you said, this kid's going to come in here and he or she is going to work their tail off. They're going to try it. Whatever the coaches say, whether they achieve it or not, chances are they will because they're willing to put that work in, willing to do whatever it takes to put this team over the top. They want to have a heck of a lot of fun while they're doing it. Make no mistake about it, but they're going to have fun, a lot of fun with them and their teammates and create more fun for their teammates as well because they already have that desire like you're talking about. And there's no, like we said, there's no quantitative analysis for that, which is nice. That's just a, that's just a feel. Is it, you know, susceptible to the coach? For sure it is. For sure it is. That's, that's always going to be a a part of tryouts. It's, you know, who's compatible somewhat uh, with the coach or the coaching staff. And, you know, that's a big difference than who's bringing coffee for the coaches <laughs> to yeah. make that final decision. That's a, that's a big difference, right? Yeah, I've heard and, uh, Matt Lyle puts out a lot sometimes that thing that, you know, uh, baseball's uh, or playing time's not for everybody. I mean, you know, uh, no. you know the, I think it's something like uh, work, you know, need, playing hard, showing up on time, doing extra, working on this and that, it's not for everybody. Well, neither is playing time, you know, and that's that's kind of the thing. You know, the last thing I want to touch on and get your thoughts on, because I think it it's probably the thing that gets people going the most, and it's one of the conversations, if you've ever been around a baseball diamond, especially during tryouts or after a team's been formed, um, and this is at every level. This one is not subjective to just youth. It's not subjective to just uh, middle school. It's, it's not just high school I it goes on and on and on up until the point where uh it, it actually happens in the major leagues so be prepared for this uh and I'm talking about when they're prospects okay yep. and that is this and I will say this and I'd love to get your thoughts on it I tell people be prepared for this and quit acting like you're surprised and that is this I love this one well, I know that kid throws really hard, but he can't throw a strike. Or I know when he hits it, he hits it a mile, but he very, very rarely hits it. Or, you know, when he throws it, he, you know, from the outfield, or, or, or he can do this or he can do that, but he can't do it consistently like my kid can. Now, I know my kid doesn't throw as hard and doesn't hit it as far and doesn't do this. There's the issue. There's the issue where people I don't think understand the 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 and I'm not even going to call it the sad part of it. The reality of it is, it's all about skills and talents and what your potential is. And if a kid can throw it through a wall, and not throw a lot of strikes, I'm sorry, he's gonna get the benefit of the doubt. And why is that? Because there's a lot of kids that can that can just throw it, but not a lot of kids that can throw it through a wall. There's a lot of kids that can make contact, but there's not a lot of kids that can hit it over the wall. 
It's just the way it is. We got to get off of this and quit making that uh, 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 not an excuse. It's almost like a like a, a a tipping point for the good and bad of this whole thing. It is what it is. Quit using it to start problems. Your thoughts? <laughs> if you if you can find the cure to that, uh, make sure you. Call me first thing in the morning because uh, I'm all over that with you. You know, I just you're bang on, Jim, and it, it just I don't think it's ever going to go away. Obviously, right? It's it's just an easy debate to have. It's an easy feel sorry for myself excuse to be able to throw it out there and put it back on, like you said, the coach in this case, um, the recruiter, the scout. It doesn't matter. And it, you know what? You're never going to cure those people. Unfortunately, that's the way you need to look at it. It, it. it is. Is it fun to deal with it? No, it's not fun to deal with it. But I really believe with 25 years that I've been doing, I've seen it. And obviously, it's just evolved worse. And you know what? In one of the parts that's why it evolves worse is because I didn't used to talk like this, but I'm going to just say it. Governing bodies don't help. They don't. In an interview with a coach, they'll support you. But in reality, they will not. Very seldom, very seldom will they support it and back up the coach. They'll back up the parent. They'll back up whatever it is and say, you know, oh, yeah, you're right. Uh, What do you want to do? You want to start a second team? (laughs) And that's where all of a sudden we've been getting select travel teams or second teams or everything else, right? And then everything gets watered down and, uh, and the whole works instead of just standing up and being being blunt and making that tough call, just like you did with asking the question. You know what, Mr. and Mrs. McNabb, I apologize, but Kirk wasn't good enough. It's that simple. I don't know what else to tell you. It's that simple. That's a hard thing to say out loud. I've, I've said, I, you know, I, I've I've told people have asked me for years, and and again, this is this is what we can kind of wrap it up with. People have asked me for years, um, uh, when we had our team, it was it was evident. I mean, people that would play us would say, "You guys are are good, like pretty, like really good. You guys could be really really good if you just maybe replace a couple of players." And go get a couple of these other kids. Uh, why don't you do that? And I used to tell them, I'm like, listen, I. It, it, people say, oh well, I know you're the, you know, you you've got these theories, and, and I'm like, listen, it, it's not even my theories. It, it's not that. Do you think anybody that knows me? Do you think I don't want to win? I that's my thing. I, it's like, I I go to these tournaments and we fall short a little bit, and it's hard for me to keep walking away going, you know what? We played hard. We played well. We played some really good competition. I know my kids got better. But my kids wanted to win. I'd like to win. The parents would like to win. Okay? So it is hard to not do it. But the end-all thing was this, and it always was for me. There is no way on God's green earth I could have looked any of those 10 or 11 kids in the eye and say, thank you for giving me everything you've had for the last couple years, but you're not good enough. I I couldn't do it. Now, again, I say this, and and this is where it gets lost sometimes. I, I mean this. If that's what you do, I don't have a problem with it. In fact, I've subjected my, my, my sons to it at times, right? I mean, I've subjected them to go play what in, in the high school program baseball to where they have to go and either be good enough or not be good enough, okay? I mean, 
that's the world you live in, right? Sometimes you're just not good enough. You're not going to get every job you apply for, I don't think, unless you're lucky. I mean, some people do, I guess. They get a job and they keep forever. But, man, there's a lot of people in this world that go on 100 job interviews and somebody else gets picked. Or what, are they supposed to just give up? Are they supposed to just say the heck with it? So in this instance, when you're talking about kids and the ability to impact lives, not just with baseball skills, but life skills, and you get to know people and they become like family, People say, well, you got to take that out of it. No, no, you don't. I, I don't. I, I, you don't have to. You can. And I've said it. That's fine. If this is what you do, that is fine. I have no issue with it. I'm not going to say it's wrong. What I've always said is it was wrong for Jim. Okay. And if everybody on the team would have, like, I, I've always said that people say, well, how do you know that maybe your top five players' families don't disagree with you? And I used to say, well, I got to be honest with you. If they came to me and said, Jim, you know, we really want to, you know, we really want to take this thing all the way. And so-and-so is, you know, I'm sorry we like them, but I would say, guys, no problem. I'm not even saying I'll pull my kid, but you need to find a different coach because I can't do that. It, it, and, again, I'm not even saying I was right. It's just I couldn't do it. You know, does that make sense what I'm saying? It makes 100% sense. And, and, and let's be honest, it's because we don't go through life and do that every day. We don't, and the majority of coaches out there, mass majority of coaches out there, they they understand what they're dealing with. They understand the repercussions of having to have that conversation, and that's why you have a whole variety of how do you how do you do your tryouts? Like you said, how do you how do you do your cuts during your tryouts? You know, and so you know is is the simplest way just to sit there and say okay first meeting this is what we're going to do and as far as cuts go when that time comes you're either on the list or you're not and there's no conversation or do we uh have the conversation and say okay jim uh, this is what you need to work on knowing that they're going to give you everything that you just asked me about my kid has this my kid has that versus uh, the McNabb kid or whatever it is right and, and do you want to deal with that well, it depends on what your personality is. The majority of us, like we said, we don't do that every day in our life. I do because I'm paid to do it, but the majority don't. And that is a, that's a crucifying conversation on many levels. <laughs> One verbally from the, the participant that you're dealing with, the player you're in the family you're dealing with, to your own self-reflection after it's done. So you're bang on with that. Um, you know, and once you get used to it and you learn how to do it properly, but like you said, really, it just comes down to being flat out honest. There was a time when I was still coaching hockey, uh, minor hockey, when the kids were younger. And, and my one cut, I'll just say this to close it up for you, and that I know you need to wrap things up, but I sat down with the dad, and they were on the team before I took, a, uh, took it over as the head coach, and they'd been there for two or three years. And I sat down, and he was the last cut, and I basically said to them both, the dad was really shocked and, and stunned. They had no idea. And I just said to the young man, I said, I want you to hate me. I want you to use me as your platform to come back and get better. And the reason I cut him was not his skating ability or shooting ability. It was the first year of contact. And he was smaller and he was very scared of contact. You could tell that. So like you said, 
do I do Kirk, let him play, and know that he's going to be out there with his head between his tails and never going into a corner, or which could create a bigger potentiality or potential to uh, get injured, or do I do the right thing and send him down a level and let him be hungry and grow and move forward as tough as it was? And I did that. We've stayed great friends ever since. The first year was a little bit tough, obviously, or whatever, and that because they at that point they just hate you until they get thinking about it and then go through it. And he came back, and he was an unbelievable high school player, uh, travel team player. It, it wasn't fun. It's it's almost still not fun even thinking about it, Jim. So you're bang on. I think that's the one problem is is we just we just don't do it enough times in our life well, to go through it. Yeah, and I want to preface everything that I've ever said on the show that I have said this before, but I know there's been so many episodes that people just may not have heard me say it. So when talking about this exact thing, I want everybody to know this when I when I say this, it's not a holier than thou thing. The reality is, and I. I'm honest as the day is long when it comes to this. When I first started doing this, not the show, coaching, and what I wanted, I had every intention of doing what I just said I didn't do. I had every intention of every year of making kids try out. And I I felt good about it because I thought I was, I, well, I thought I was going to do it that way. And I felt good about it because I always said to myself, that everybody would know it going in. I would be honest with people. I would say, listen, I just want you to know, you will be trying out every year, and I let's just get it out of the way. If you come in here, know that there's a chance if you don't progress. And I used to always say, the truth of the matter is, and the reason was, is that I had been through it a little bit already, and the one thing I learned the first time through was that kids don't progress at the same rates. It's not realistic to think they will, so therefore... The people that want to go continue to play at a high level, you know, you can't hold them back. These other kids, da-da-da-da-da, right? That was all my excuses, okay? I had them all pre-planned. Then what happened was reality set in, and it did come down to exactly what I said. I just couldn't do it. And, again, it might be a wimp move. You call it whatever you want. I just couldn't do it. So good stuff, man. I I tell you what, this is is the kind of stuff that I know people – are interested to hear they don't always agree with it but the truth of the matter is there's a lot of people on the outside looking in when i mean the outside looking in a lot of times that's parents and kids that haven't been either parents that don't understand parents that want to learn parents that have been through it and have questions a lot of times kids that are new to it or or just want to learn people that have been through it and had bad experiences people that want to have been part of the bad experience like myself and want to make a change. I mean, I, I you know, I'm, a, I'm honest about that stuff. I, I love, what I love about social media is, if there's one thing I can count on with it, and maybe you feel the same way sometimes, is that somebody will post something that will take me back a few years and remind me of the mistakes that I made and encourage me to make sure that I don't make them again. The, I'm in new territory now only because I, I don't have a youngster playing youth baseball anymore. I'm in a, in, in a high school setting now in a program baseball setting to where there's always new things happening and new things for me to learn. And I just want to try to do it the best I can. It's not going to be perfect. Uh, I don't think everything's going to be perfect for all of you out there. I don't anticipate that the three shows we've done are going to make everything hunky-dory for you at these tryouts. I've said it once. I'll say it again. There's a lot of you listening, and I do appreciate that. There's also going to be a lot of hearts broken in the next few weeks, and that makes me sad because I love baseball. The people that's going to have their hearts broken love the game of baseball as well. But 
I love something you said, and I love something that your and my mutual friend Steve Springer always says. If you don't use it as motivation to keep playing the game that you love and try to get better, then I'm not sure you loved it that much to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, and, and like you said, back to, very quickly, back to your uh, comment, of the comfort zone of being able to do the cuts or the final decision-makings. You know, let's be honest. When we go to coaching clinics and seminars and stuff and conventions, those aren't conversations that are included in it, is it, Jim? No. No, they're not. So that's a training tutorial right there. The, you know, even little things like uh, with their big sports that I'm, I'm working on doing. And that is helping those coaches learn and, and write down different formats. Is it the same as live action? No, it isn't. But at least if you're writing down different answers based on what your perception of that family, that player's response being, at least it is being prepared somewhat. And it's, then it's just a matter of time uh, and, and experience and skill. And some coaches, hey, let's be honest, some coaches don't uh, coach long enough to, to gain that skill set. And, and some do. But, hey, you know, it is a tough, tough job, and it's never going to be appreciated. You do it because you love this game. You love this game, and that's all I can say to coaches is, by God, don't forget how much you love this game. You're going to have highs and lows along the way. But if you keep your mission, you keep your vision, and like you said right at the first of the show, be honest. As hard as it is or feels like it is, man, they will come back. I guarantee you that player, maybe not the family, but that player will come back and say, thank you, coach such and such. I can guarantee it at some point down the road. I've had it happen to me. And, and it just, you can sleep at the end of the day knowing it did the honest thing, whether it was received right or wrong. Well, Kirk, I appreciate you being on this week. Like I said, I uh, I wanted to get uh, the outside thoughts and opinions as well as from somebody else that's done it, and I think you uh, you you gave some people some insight to think about, and and hopefully uh, our words, uh, as small as they may be, sometimes hopefully they make a difference for somebody out there and, and gets them through a stressful time. Thanks so much for having me on again. It's always exciting. Uh, you you got. Outstanding platform. Just keep it going. And listeners, man, just just embrace what Jim's trying to do overall and the guests that he has. Like, it's just tremendous knowledge for you. Like he says, whether you agree with it or disagree, that's, that's the great thing about sports at any and every level. You have your choice. For sure you do. But I'll come on anytime you want because this is, like you said, it's it's conversation it's hopefully some enlightenment. It's a calming. It's taking some stress away, whatever it is, to the player themselves or to the parents, to the coaches. That's what it's about. This game is awesome. Well, <laughs> and, I, and I appreciate you, man. You guys do. Yep. You guys do some great things up there under some really not ideal conditions sometimes, which shows me, you know, your love and passion for the game as well. So I do appreciate you every bit as much as you do me. That, and that's great, and that's what it should all be about. So, well, you know, yep. go out there and, and enjoy what's coming right around the corner. I mean, spring training started, so so get the heart pumping. Get out there in those tryouts, kids, and just turn it loose. Leave it on the field. I know you've heard it before, but leave it on the field so you can walk away knowing that, hey, whatever happens, I didn't hold back. That's great advice. I love that. So, uh, hey, we're going to chat again soon, my man. I can't wait. 
Sounds great, Jim. You take care. Enjoy your weather. And, uh, hey, see what happens with those blues over the next few weeks. You too, my friend. That's Kurt McNabb right. from the Dirtbag Sports Nation. Just an all-around great guy that's in it for the right reasons. I enjoy talking baseball with him. I love following him as well on, on social media. His stuff is great. He's always so positive and energetic and always moving in the right direction. Uh, and, and a guy that's not afraid to move in the wrong direction and learn some things and then, and then evaluate and move on. I love it. He's such an important part of what's going on out there, a guy to be appreciated and to learn from. I I just, we need more people like Kirk. So I do appreciate it. And I hope, uh, like I said, something uh, he, you know, he gave the, probably the coolest piece of advice at the end of his, of his interview. And that is the last thing I'll say about these tryouts from my end is very simple. Don't ever, ever do anything and, and regret it later that you didn't do enough or didn't feel like you gave it everything you had. That is without question the the main thing when it comes to your effort and what you do. And um, I just got some unbelievable news because as part of my, um, you know, I did this, what I call a three-part series. I'm turning it into a four-part because the last guy I wanted to reach out to to make sure I could get him on um, because the one thing that we talk about, and, and we've mentioned the stressful part of this whole thing that is hard to get away from, that mental approach, and I don't know a better guy in all of youth sports or adult sports to talk about in baseball when it comes to the mental side than Steve Springer. He's been on before. He's phenomenal. His, his story is amazing. He will make you a believer in how you should approach this thing mentally. I'm telling you, it's awesome, and he just confirmed that he can do the show next week. So the last part that we'll do this because we got one more week before tryouts, we're going to talk next week about the mental part of this whole thing and i'm sure he'll have great advice both for parents coaches and players i can't wait to have him on and he'll kind of close out what i think so far has been a great great little february run here of shows really talking about what can be an extremely stressful situation uh i do appreciate kurt McNabb and everybody at dirtbag sports nation of course they're big on uh the rope trainer make sure you check it out the rope trainer.com as john smoltz always says everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers it's a great device. It's very important. If John Smoltz is going to talk about it at his Hall of Fame induction speech, I can tell you that I'm going to listen. I know that it won't be long. You see Jaeger bands in these bullpens all the time. It's not going to be long. You're going to see rope trainers in these bullpens all across the land, and they are important, and you need to do your due homework on it. And check them out, theropetrainer.com. Uh, now it's time to go to our good friend and yours, Justin Stone, with EliteBaseball.tv Training Tip of the Week. I encourage everybody, EliteBaseball.tv will be one of the greatest things you ever check out. If you're a coach, parent, or a player, the information on there is nothing short of amazing, and it will help you as you try to become the best player you can be. Let's hear from Justin Stone and his EliteBaseball.tv Training Tip of the Week. Take it away, Justin. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here from EliteBaseball.tv coming to you with our Tip of the Week. And today's tip comes from a question about tea use. And we're going to talk today how about the tea can be both beneficial if used correctly, but also harmful if you're not using it right. So to start with, oftentimes when we get players that are seven, eight, nine years of age, we hear dads tell us that they're fighting with their sons because the son doesn't want to use the tea anymore because they're out of tea ball. And the tea is used for little kids that can't hit a moving ball yet. As we know, progressing in the game. Even our big league guys are using the tee as the most basic fundamental tool for hitting. Reason being is we take the variable of the moving ball out of the equation. So we're simply working on our body, body pattern and mechanics. The tee is the best place to do that if we utilize it correctly. 
So we're gonna go over some key points here, how you make sure you're getting valuable use out of your tee and doing it the right way. First, when we set up on the tee, oftentimes youth players will put the tee right in the middle of their body. So over and over again, they're getting down on the ball and knocking the tee over with a steep swing. We wanna make sure when we align ourselves on the tee that I start behind the tee. And however long my stride is, we want it to land even with the ball. So a player may need to take a couple of practice strides to make sure their normal stride length is taking place and they're still landing even with the tee. Direction is very important. And that's one of the th reasons why I really like the tee because a lot of amateur hitters have poor direction. And I always say, nothing will ruin a good hand path quicker than a bad stride foot. So when we take the moving ball out of the equation, we can focus more on what our body parts are doing, specifically where my stride foot is landing. And I wanna make sure that I'm creating good alignment with my toes, and I'm not striding across my back shoe, which is gonna elongate my swing pattern, forcing me to cast around my body and then hook around the baseball. As well as making sure we're not opening up too much and losing our plate coverage. What I'll have players do that struggle with direction is simply put a piece of duct tape down, whether that's in their garage, whether their basement, wherever they're doing their tee work, and that way we can check that our toes are maintaining their line and we have a visual cue that the hitter can work on. Next, as we continue into our tee progression, we have to set that same direction with our eyes. I find players a lot, especially as they get older, people tell them you need to work hard to be a good baseball player. So we have these players that I'm gonna spend more time in the cage or more time on the tee and get more swings than everybody else. And then over time, it becomes mindless hitting. And oftentimes they're hitting right into a net that may be five feet in front of them. So what do they do? Instead of creating direction with their eyes out front on the pitcher and then dropping their nose down to the ball, the same head pattern that would be tracking a baseball out of the hand, they start their tee routine by staring at the baseball. Now my head turns inward towards home plate, and because, of course, it's connected to my torso through my neck, my shoulder turns with it. And now we create an over-rotated torso in our T-work that is going to cause the torso to block my hands being unobstructed to the ball. So if we have an obstruction, the hands have to clear a path around the torso in a longer pattern that often causes players to, again, hook the baseball in an improper path. T height is very important. I prefer that our players work with the T almost as low as it'll go, certainly below the waist. I like it mid-thigh, or for our older players, I like to challenge them by making the T even lower yet. The reason being, posture is very difficult to hold for all amateur hitters. And when I maintain good posture throughout the swing, I have a chance for my barrel to stay through its extension point in a correct path. We get players because they're not very strong in their core, especially our youngest ones, that begin to stand straight upright as they swing, and that's gonna cut their bat out of the hitting zone and off their front hip prematurely. So the old adage of keep your eye on the ball really is a posture cue. Our eye isn't fast enough to see the ball bat collision. However, by keeping our head down as we get through contact, we generally maintain a good chin over toes posture that we want to keep all the way through the swing and its extension point. This gives us a chance, if we have miscues in timing, that our bat is still in the hitting zone. So what do I ask our players to do at the end of the swing? We want players to learn about mechanics by being perceptive of their body. That means we need to feel what our body parts are doing in space. 
The great way to do that is challenging your players on the tee to hold their balance for a second or two when they're done, rather than just immediately going to pick up the baseball. By doing so, balance isn't gonna make our swing better at the end, but it's gonna tell us, if I can't hold that position, we have something going on that we need to fix in that swing. Generally, it's gonna be players falling over the tee when they're completing with their swing. Because oftentimes, our amateur players get too much pressure on their toes, and that causes them to get to a poor heel plant position with my front shoe. I can't stabilize and drive through the lower body, and I'm gonna to topple over up top. So those are some common things that we see with youth hitters doing incorrectly, that just if we simply pay attention to it, we can make those small adjustments with our tee work. The tee again is designed to allow us to use correct mechanics and be perceptive of those mechanics so I can make easy adjustments throughout my swing. That's a lot harder to do once we get a moving pitch coming at us because we incorporate timing, which is such a bigger part of whether I'm having success or failure at the ball back collision. Take timing out, work on hitting in its most basic form, and that's going to be off of a tee. So there's some common misteaches that we see off the tee, some common miscues, and how to use your tee more productively in your next tee session, whether that be at home or in your cage. Until next week, this is Justin Stone with EliteBaseball.tv, and we'll see you on the field. Great stuff, as always, from my good friend Justin Stone. And again, I encourage you to check out EliteBaseball.tv. It's a tremendous tool that you'll be able to use, whether you're a parent, coach, or player. Good stuff, as always. Uh, my man Rick is out this week, so no Ask Rick segment this week, but we will uh, be back on it next week as well. I hope you enjoyed the uh, the stuff up to this point when it comes to the tryouts. It's such a, you know, it's just a... It's always, I'm not going to use the word volatile. It shouldn't be volatile, but the reality of it is there's a lot of people out there that have a lot of differing opinions on it. It does bother people to some degree to where they, they're passionate about it. And again, that's okay too. I, everybody's going to be who they are. They're going to do what they do. I don't have a problem with that. Maybe we can educate a little bit and maybe just make people pause to think. That's really all we're trying to do here. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And again, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I hate letting the cat out of the bag sometimes because you never know. Sometimes these things fall apart. It, but I'm so excited about having Steve Springer on because he's such a great guest. He's such a great get anytime you have something like this. And I just want to let people know that he'll be here. So uh, I, I just texted him back and said, great, let's get that time hammered down because I want to get it done. So uh, I really do appreciate uh, you listeners as well. Your sharing of the show is what's made it grow. And I do not take that for granted. Thank you so much. Special thanks to my friend Kurt McNabb and, of course, the people at The Rope Trainer. Make sure you check them out, theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. I encourage you to go to theropetrainer.com today. Special thanks again to lineupmedia.fm as they have us each and every week in their studio, and it's such a great entertainment source. If you're into podcasting, make sure you check them out, lineupmedia.fm. Of course, thank you again to my producer Andrew and producer Brian. They do all the hard work behind the scenes on the show. Cannot thank them enough. And thanks to you, the listeners. I do appreciate you guys and everything you do. For Youth Baseball Talk, I'm Jim Cromer, and we will see you next week. Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm.
This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.